love one another, forgive, judge not, fear not. It's all such great advice with beautiful outcomes, but none of those principles is a one-step process. So let's talk specifics, the messy step-by-step. Welcome to, but how though, in a bunch of other spiritual conundrums. Welcome back to, but how though, and a bunch of other spiritual conundrums. It is the new year, and I think it's time. I think it's time we talk again about that incredible story from the Bible of Peter walking on the water. There are like so many things written about, spoken about this story. There's so many levels to this story that you can examine and take things away from. So I just want to examine a a small piece of it today that I find particularly impactful for me right now. It's found in Matthew 14. And the interesting thing about Matthew 14 is what else is contained in that chapter? (laughs) There's so much. This is also the chapter where Jesus feeds the 5,000. It's also the chapter where Jesus finds out that John the Baptist has been beheaded. And it's also the chapter he heals a lot of people from various diseases. But sandwiched in between all of those things is this interaction with Peter. Peter's one of his apostles. Peter's been painted as a very passionate, very outspoken, almost impetuous type person. And he was compared by Jesus to a rock, steadfast. And in this particular interaction... What happened was Jesus goes to this place. He teaches a lot of people. They get hungry. The disciples tell him it's time to stop talking because everyone's getting hungry and they need to send the people home. And he said, no, let's let's just feed them here. Let's don't send them home. Let's just feed them here. And the disciples are like, uh, okay, but we don't have anything. The miracle of the feeding the 5,000 ensues, which we are going to examine at a later date. But after all of that, Jesus sends the disciples into a ship and says, I'll meet you later. I'm going to go in the mountain. And he went into the mountain to pray. Well, about the fourth watch, so early, early in the morning, there's a storm on the sea and the boat is being tossed about on the waves. In verse 26, the disciples see this, the storm and they're very scared visibly upset. It describes what Jesus does now very intentionally. It's a straight way Jesus went to them. Straight way he walked to them across the water, which I'm guessing is the most direct route from where he was. But the term straight way stuck out to me because he did not hesitate or wait. And when they got scared because they saw a dude walking on the water, he also immediately calls out to them and says, hey, don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter is struck by this. I wish I could talk to him personally about it because I want to hear the whole thought process up to this. But Peter says, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. In verse 29, and he said, come. Okay, so Peter says, okay, if it's really you, then tell me to come out there with you because I could do that if it's you. And Jesus said, okay, come. So he does. And in verse 30, it says, but when he, meaning Peter, but when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And 
beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And in verse 31, and immediately, so again, straightway, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Okay, for those of us that were raised Christian, we've probably heard this story a hundred times. I've heard it spun as a cautionary tale and also a tale to illustrate the merciful and loving nature of Jesus. And it always ends with the, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt, which kind of sounds like a chastisement once again. And my question, the but how though question for this is, okay, so how did he doubt? He'd already seen miracles. He'd been with Jesus for a while. And he had had a a pretty big miracle done specifically for him when he'd been fishing all night, had caught nothing. And then Jesus tells him to cast the nets on the other side of the boat, which he does. And then he draws in so many fish, it starts to swamp his boat. He'd seen a lot of miracles up to this point. So how, how did he doubt? How did his faith falter? It's easy. I mean, the answer is very easy. In verse 30, when he saw the wind boisterous. But I think that the better question here is why. Why did his faith falter? And why did Jesus call him out for it? Jesus doesn't need any recognition. He knows who he is. And he's not with anybody else. This is just he and Peter. He doesn't need Peter's faith in order to be recognized or to feel good about himself. Everything he does is for us. It is not for him in any way, shape, or form. So why does he need to chastise Peter for his faith? Also, Peter had faith. And and it is described in the scriptures, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Mustard seed is pretty small. And Peter has had a lot of faith. He's demonstrated a lot of faith. He quit his job and followed Jesus for heaven's sake. Peter knew that Jesus could walk on the water. He was not phased by the fact that Jesus was walking on the water. It was him, the one of the disciples, who had faith enough in Jesus to say, I want to walk on water too. Let me come out there. So it wasn't faith in Jesus that was lacking. It was fear that became doubt. Jesus said, wherefore did thou doubt? If we look at this, just that one moment there, When the distractions and the opposition grew, the wind and the waves grew boisterous. Peter was a fisherman. Come on. He knew the power of the ocean. He knew the power of the wind and the waves. They brought down boats and fishermen all the time. (laughs) But he knew they couldn't bring down Jesus. But Peter knew he wasn't Jesus. The point Peter started to sink was when Peter thought he was on his own. That is the interesting part of this. Peter's faith in Jesus did not waver. Peter's faith in himself, Peter's faith in his ability to do what Jesus was doing. That's what faltered. They were alone together on the water. No one could have heard. In fact, it said when they were coming into the ship, that's when the wind ceased. So when Jesus is actually talking to Peter and asking him this question and making the statement, Oh, thou of little faith, Wherefore didst thou doubt? That was just a conversation between he and Peter. No one else could hear it because the wind was blowing too loud. So why say that about his faith unless it was for Peter? And I think that maybe he asked Peter that question. So Peter could ask himself, 
because we're talking about a situation that is very different from the other situations in this chapter. Earlier in this chapter, right before this, he'd fed 5,000. Right after this, many diseased people were made whole just by touching his garments. But this was different. The boat was a fine place to stay. Nobody had to get out of the boat. Jesus was coming to them just to comfort them and, and calm their fears. Everybody else stayed in the boat, but Peter didn't want to. This wasn't a thing he was asking for out of desperation. This wasn't a thing he was asking for to solve a problem. Like the feeding of the 5,000 or the healing of the diseased people afterwards. This wasn't about a miracle for physical survival, comfort, or even to alleviate suffering. This was about enabling a desire. And the reason it's so different is because of the participation that it requires from the human who has the desire. Peter felt this desire inside himself. It's a very important distinction because of the doubt. All of these other types of miracles are described in the same chapter. And Team Universe can help with those problems. Absolutely. Of course they can. And they're willing to. All day. But this was just something that Peter wanted. It was an experience that Peter desired to have. He did not lack the faith that it could be done. I'm wondering then, if we're not talking about the size of the faith, but maybe the age of the faith, the experience of the faith. When he says, oh, thou of little faith, I'm wondering then if he's not saying, oh, your faith is smaller than that mustard seed. Thanks very much. That's why you started to sink. I wonder if he's referring to the strength or development of it. Little like a little child, because the size clearly does not have to be bigger than a mustard seed. But when we're talking about our goals, and our hopes, and our wishes, and our dreams, it takes a different kind of participation on our part than just asking for Team Universe to help us solve a problem. It takes a more grown-up kind of faith, if you will, because it requires a little bit of faith in ourselves as well as faith in Team Universe. It requires action plus surrender. And we have to be able to look at the wind, boisterous, and walk past it toward our goal. So let's go back to Peter on the water. He sees Jesus and he thinks to himself, I don't know, that would be awesome to walk on the water. That would be awesome. He's defying the very laws of physics that I as a fisherman understand. That would be so cool. I would like to do that. And he says the words, Lord, bid me come. And Jesus representing all of Team Universe in this moment, doesn't hesitate. He said, come. It's really important. It's really, really important that we understand the gravity of those two statements. Lord, bid me come and come. Because it wasn't a life or death. This was an experience that Peter wanted to have, a dream, if you will, that he wanted. And Team Universe did not hesitate. Here's what else Team Universe did not do. Team Universe did not stop the wind. Did not stop the waves. He simply said, come. Come through it. Your goal awaits, not just on the other side of the wind and the waves. No, no. Your goal awaits the entire time. <laughs> the journey of your goal will be through the wind and the waves. 
You're not just, you don't just have to get through that crap to get to your goal on the other side. You can experience it the whole time, even with the wind. So now we've got a new year, right? 2021, we've got new goals or maybe old goals. We've got 12 new chapters and 365 new chances to walk toward these goals, to walk toward these dreams. And as we pursue these goals, we will encounter the wind boisterous. It will scare the crap out of us. But Jesus asked Peter to ask himself, wherefore didst thou doubt? He didn't say, oh, well, now you can't have anything ever because you started to sink. He also didn't say, oh, well, you're screwed. You're just on your own, I guess. If you don't believe that it can happen, then you're out of luck. No, he's immediately caught hold of Peter and then asked him a question just one-on-one, not to publicly humiliate him, not to drive a point home that Peter just didn't have what it took. No, he said, O ye of undeveloped faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And if you can take that apart and put it into words that we would use, okay, you've got some inexperienced faith here. Why do you think you started to doubt. Team Universe is our team. And when we ask for more, when we say, Lord, bid me come, and they say come, it's not going to be distraction-free or opposition-free. We will be asked to let our faith grow stronger than our fear so that our faith turns to trust. Trust is different than faith in the same way that fear is different than doubt. Our fear can turn into doubt, which will limit us. If it does, though, if we are limited in that way, all is not lost. Team Universe just asks us to examine it. Okay, let's look at that fear. Let's look at that doubt. Let's let it develop and grow into trust. Let's have this experience then. Let's take this sidestep. It's not about win or lose and all or nothing right in the moment. It is about the baby steps along the way. And that is a part of the experience. The wind boisterous was actually part of walking on the water. I have been asking a lot about next steps, next steps, next steps. We got our house miracle of the big ask. What is the next step? What is the next step? And I felt for a little while that that there was a bit of a rest period that I needed to take advantage of. And I felt in my gut when that rest period began to come to an end. And I felt, are you ready? Are you ready? It's coming up. I kept praying, what are the next steps? What are the next steps? At the very beginning of December, I got a very clear answer from Team Universe, which was exciting. Go back to school. I say it's exciting because I actually like school, but also it's a thing that I want to do. Not necessarily overly miraculous. Why though? Why school? Is it really going to take me closer to my dreams? Also, why now? This is the timing you gave me. I was asking the question, what's my next step, several months ago, which is when applications for schools needed to be turned in, by the way. So now, at the very beginning of December, I have missed almost every deadline for almost every school. If I want to start school in January, I'm going to have to pay a lot of money to an online university who doesn't have silly little things like deadlines. But if I want to go to a more affordable school, like the universities in my area... I have to wait for the fall, or at the very least, summer. So why tell me now? And then, as I start to look into schools, 
I start feeling all of these feelings that I had back when I was in college that I never really sorted through. I am having to look at things like shame. I am having to look at things like fear. I'm having to look at things like doubt in myself that I didn't even know were there. And it looks like I'm not going to be able to go to school, but I can feel in my gut that is the next step. And I'm very excited and I want to, but it's super expensive and I've missed all the deadlines and I'm already 41 years old. Now do I have to wait clear until the fall? And I got to tell you, walking through, it took, I sat for a week and I know one week doesn't sound like that big of a deal, but every single day sitting at that computer, sorting through things I didn't understand, processes I didn't understand that I haven't looked at for 20 years while navigating feelings that were really big and negative and scary. Shame is not fun. Shame is not fun. I don't care who you are. It is not fun to sort through it. It's not a fun mess to clean up. And I had to do it. That was the wind boisterous. And by the end of that week, every door that I needed had opened. I had not only found a school I could attend in January, it was also the most affordable school that I had found. I was accepted within 24 hours of my application. I was directed toward people and departments that knew exactly what I needed and they pointed the way. I had to still take the steps. I had to make a lot of phone calls. I had to talk to a lot of different people. But every single step was provided while the wind roared. And I know this doesn't sound as dramatic as it probably felt for Peter because we're talking about walking on the water, which is a physical impossibility for human beings, and then also being threatened by wind and waves, which kill human beings on a regular basis. What I'm trying to say is the feelings that we have when we're following a desire are part of the process of following the desire. And it's something that you have to feel. And as we begin this year, I want to take this podcast and examine faith and fear. Because we've been taught that faith and fear are almost exact opposites and that you can't feel them at the same time. But I'm here to tell you that is a lie. You can feel faith and you can feel fear at the same time. But the difference is what they can become. If you walk past the fear, You can sure notice the wind boisterous, but continue walking toward team universe. That faith turns to trust. But if you look at the wind boisterous and let it turn to doubt, that becomes a limitation to you. And that is where team universe would like you to examine. Why do you think you doubted? And let's start there. That's all I've got for this week. All of our hopes and dreams, they're just not going to be distraction and opposition free. And we can let our faith grow stronger than our fear so that our faith turns to trust. And sometimes our fear will be strong enough that it turns to doubt. And that's when we get an opportunity to examine it and to put it in its proper place and walk past it. There's so much to learn, not just in these words and concepts, but through the actual experience the team universe wants us to have with them. And when we're willing not only to ask, but to seek and to knock, which is to say to actually pursue our desires and get out of the boat, I think we'll find Team Universe does more than just answer a question. They walk us into a process because Peter didn't just 
say, I want to walk on water and Jesus take his hand and walk with him into a bright and shiny sunset on perfectly calm water. Jesus said, come. And Peter was faced with a practical situation. He didn't just have to walk toward Jesus. He also had to get out of the boat, (laughs) the perfectly safe place, the perfectly acceptable place that he was in. But he didn't ignore the desire he had in his heart. He wanted to do more than stay in the boat. And Team Universe said, come then. So this season, let's examine what it feels like to get out of the boat. Let's examine what it feels like to observe the wind boisterous. And let's examine what it means to ask the question, Lord, bid me come and have Team Universe say, come. And then we have to look at ourselves and say, but how though?